Greetings fellow SCP enthusiasts, join us on Discovering SCP, where we explore the mysteries of the Foundation's archives. Warning, the following articles read in this episode have mentions of rape and sexual assault. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back to Discovering SCP, the podcast where we dive into the mysterious and often unsettling world of the SCP Foundation. I'm your host, Tanhani, and I'm joined by my co-host, Arnell, as we explore the secrets and anomalies hidden within the Foundation's classified archives. From dangerous creatures to mind-bending phenomena, we'll read and discuss SCP articles and offer our own thoughts and theories. So sit back, grab your amnestics, and let's begin our journey of discovery into the unknown. So I've realized what this bit was. Tan, Tan was giggling and he said, I have a bit. And as he was reading this, I'm like, what bit is this? This just sounds like a, the intro of like a much more like production value podcast. And then I realized, oh, he had ChatGPT write him an opening <laughs> for his SCP podcast. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second to piece it together. I never told that on Nestic, so he knew about that already. <laughs> Can you teach me how to use ChatGPT on mic right now? No. What the you fuck? Have a power user like me will have to put some time. Because you said you didn't have to sign in all that much, but every time I try it, it wants like all my personal well, there's, info. There's a better time to do it than on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> is there? Is there really? Is our yeah, time so valuable? Fucking, it is actually. We've got shit to do. Do we? I was thinking this one might want to be a longer one since next week's will be a shorter one. Up to you though. Um. Well, however the cards play themselves, we will proceed. Cards don't play themselves. They're played by players. Let's duel, okay? All people love the cards to me. Real I play with them as I please. Real quick, SCP news before we delve in. What's okay. hot right now? I don't fucking know. <laughs> All that's ever on the goddamn site news is just telling me to go read the site news, which I don't want to actually do. I don't know if anything's happening. Let's make up some news. Um, Someone, I think... Ori is writing a sequel to something. I don't know. I heard about that. You heard it here first, folks. Ori is writing a sequel to something, maybe. Uh, Corgo has a new OC. Um, Can you tell us about it? I don't know anything about it yet. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, in, in SCP news, the SCP-related channel discovering SCP has a new JoJo tabletop called Good Trouble. That was like five weeks ago. Fuck, I don't fucking know. Nothing happens in this community. Whatever. I think someone like became a, got banned. Um, sorry to hear that, uh, okay. I guess. Sorry to hear that or good riddance. Uh, I didn't read it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> don't know what happened. <laughs> Whatever opinion I'm supposed to have. Uh, all right. We, we've done our obligation. There is no news to tell. Why don't you tell me how many articles we're reading today? Um, well, it depends on how long these take us to get through, because these are tales we're reading today. And you've never read them either, right? I've never read... I, I think I've read them in the, like, the first couple of the past, but I didn't read the full series, so and that is a while ago, so I've forgotten everything about them. I'm <laughs> so fucking excited for this. I'm going to be really disappointed if these suck, because everyone's been talking them up, and you guys know how much Tan and I fucking love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We're going to be reading Jude's Bizarre Adventure. And I really want these to be good, so they better be. Okay? I will personally hold the our entire community responsible if they're not good. Uh, why don't you link me the first one, Tim? So the first one we'll be reading... We'll be reading um, the Jude's Bizarre Adventure series. And we'll be starting with the first tale in the series, Phantom Blunt. Phantom Blunt? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome! I'm already excited. <clears throat> I'm so easy to please. 
let's get into it. Yeah. No further ado. Shall shall you start? This is uh, by Kinch the Knife Blade, by the way. Yes. Thank you, Kinch. Thank you so much. I owe you my life. (laughs) The snow was just starting to melt. You would have been back at another semester at school if it wasn't so horribly uncool to continue on schooling. Everything was still dead, but it was just starting to come back. Jude liked that. He always liked the heroism of the seasons, the casual reincarnation of the Earth every goddamn year. Like fucking clockwork, which was funny because that was what the base clockwork on, probably. It deserved it. It wasn't a question. He could do it. It wasn't even up for debate. Doing it would be cathartic. It would never erase what they did to her, but it was justice, wasn't it? An eye for an eye. God would never forgive him. But wouldn't a lord of all things see his logic, see his reason? They had to die before they did any of that again. The sculptor had proven himself a monster, and it was Jude's responsibility to end it. It would have been immoral not to do it. He was sober. Jude never liked it when he was dry, even when things were good. But it was better that way. He needed to be completely on the ball for this. And not the fake on the ball where he got high beforehand and said it was cool and he was standing <laughs> I literally, I think I did that the other day with good trouble. <laughs> I was like, I'm good, let's go. It's relatable. That's stoner shit. I love it. He was going to let himself go. He knew that much. Jude stood out the window of his crappy apartment, overlooking a beautiful scenic view of a warehouse garage. Somewhere, deep down, Jude was hoping it would kill him. Jude was hoping one of them would have it in them to do it. They didn't. Even if they had time to prepare. He'd always been the best at the old razzle-dazzle. I already like Jude more than Dragon after, like, four paragraphs, just so you know. Not that it's a competition, but it's kind of a competition. I'm so sorry, Dragon. That's not my name. My name's Tanvi. My name's <laughs> not, not in real life, but... <laughs> in Aetheral Space World, I'm Dragon Hatred. <laughs> Wait, who are you in Aetheral Space? Who would you be? I don't know. Who's the one the closest? Ar- I don't know. It's not relevant. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Continue, please. <laughs> the art show was nice enough that one could almost forget there was a showcase for a rapist and a murderer. Jesus. That went dark quick. It seems so normal. Wine. Awkward boys hobnobbing with people worth more than anyone they'd ever known times seven. Close to innocence. So close. The artist was the sculptor. Real good title, right? Definitely broke the mould of that one. <laughs> Jude didn't realise it, but he'd waiting until now to make his move, as it were. He held a glass of white wine in his hand and stirred out. The cool art shows are really much different than a normal art show. Certainly there was magic, but why fuck up a perfectly good format? It was a time to network, to get paid, to look at new things that were beautiful or horrifying, or both. Wasn't it usually horrifying at the cool shows? Sure, he had seen some beautiful things, even from the sculptor. But making one beautiful thing couldn't take away all the horrifying things. Jude had a migraine. Jude always had a migraine. Jude wondered if the source of all his magic was a wild sense of dysphoria and a perpetual headache. Even in this body he had made himself, a body he had wrought from his own flesh and blood, he still wondered if it was his, if he deserved it, if it wouldn't just crumble underneath all the stress. They'd revert, last known save data, 13-year-old girl in his pit of tigers. So many of them were men, most the crowd, really. He only counted one woman, a socialite. Probably. He couldn't play to rage. He didn't want to. They made the statue, and no one thought it was a big deal. The sculptor sculpted the statue, and women were hurt. Were they so far away from themselves, they couldn't see the terror in their art? Jude wondered if he was having a panic attack. He did not give them a speech. The executioner and judge did not let them know their crimes. Instead, he slipped into himself. 
cold overtook him and heat came out. <clears throat> everyone had a cell phone. Even in 2008, maybe they weren't as fantastic. Maybe everyone wasn't hooked up to the internet, but they all had them. And there were so many electrical outlets in a place as big as the one they were in. Light fixtures, a refrigerator, air conditioning. So many things ran on electricity. Jude always thought people ignored the small bits of magic in life. Like electricity, how the fuck did that work? It always astounded Jude, the things that he could put his mind to when he was angry. I understand this feeling intimately. When I first learned about networking... was real? What? No, shut up. <laughs> when I first learned about networking, and they talk about all the things that go into just one packet of data, and how many packets are constantly being shot through and, like, sent all over the world globally. It's, in like, how internet works is just, like, it feels like miracle nonsense. Like, even when you know how it mm. works, it feels like bullshit. It's like, everyone's like, if I, imagine being sent back to middle ages and, like, having modern technology. You don't know how the fuck it works. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how it works. I wouldn't be able to create it, but it's basically magic. The king's like, make me a wire. And you're like, uh... Like, we don't think of it because of, of technology, but the things, like, the way we're able to transfer information and have, like, the internet is basically fucking magic. It's insane. Exactly. It's because the aliens gave us. Yeah, thank you, aliens. Thank you! He tore their bodies apart. Bit by bit, electrons, protons, he didn't know from science. What he knew was that it hurt. They screamed electric, buzzing in the air, the crackling smell of ozone. Jesus. It was all yellow light and screeching. Some of them were pulled through their cell phones' receivers, flip phones popping on open. A few jammed into electrical outlets, bodies rippling and coursing with visible yellow arcs. It was clean. There was no blood. There was only that smell. And then there was silence. That was when the phone calls started. Hundreds in the tri-state area. He could hear them all ringing. Cell phones and landlines powered on and off. Dead batteries sprang to life. And the heat ground them out. Meat at a butcher's shop. Nothing but noise. Didn't it sound like screaming? Being pulled apart, being pulled through until even their atoms sizzled off into energy. In the middle of a now empty art gallery, covered in buzzing cell phones and warm clothes... The roller fell to the ground. Jude wept. Wait, what's the roller? Did I miss something, or is it like still vague? <laughs> I'm I'm invested so far. That's why I'm not commenting too much. I'm like into this, although I'm not entirely certain what's going on. Did he kill all these people? Did it just happen around him? Off. Okay. Did he came he, with the intention of with his job. red hot chili peppers. <laughs> it seems that's what I was thinking as well. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you in your ass, <laughs> I'm dragging you through the phone lines, sculptor. The critic hadn't been there. Of course he, ha- he wasn't. Okay, I was about, I was going to ask earlier, so th- I, this is connected to Aussie, it seems. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. I, I'm familiar with a little bit of the backstory, so yeah, this is Aussie right now. Gotcha. Of course he wasn't. I, again, when they say the critic, I immediately think of the nostalgia critic. <laughs> yeah, like just sitting in a chair like a villain, steepling his hands. <laughs> you turn them into self I watch these movies so you don't have to. <laughs> You killed them with a bad credit card? <laughs> of course you I'm sorry, a lot of people just died. Behold the power of my stand, the wall of the movie review. <laughs> oh, Lord. Of course he wasn't. He wished the old fuck would have been there. He had to settle with cronies. Fourteen people. Judging by the shoes, the cell phones, and the feeling at his gut that he had just done something he could never undo. Thirteen of them mattered. One was unlucky. He wondered what she had been like. Mary, mother of God, and Madeline. He cried again, wiped the tear from his eye. 
Saul made 13 and Matthias replaced Judas. And wasn't that him? He had named himself after the patron saint of hopeless cases. Wasn't Jude so close to Judas? But who had he betrayed? God. Me. In the field of clothes, he found the sculptor's glasses, bloodless. He reached down and picked up the pants he'd been wearing. Underwear still inside. Gross. He pulled a bag out from the pants pocket. Fantastic. The one good thing about the bastard was that he was always holding. Dirt weed. But it was weed and he was sober. In the pile of cloves, he crossed his legs beneath himself and rolled a blunt. As he lit the end with the green bick. Yeah, it's, it, it's like those shitty... <laughs> it's like... No, it's a lighter. It's like those shitty lighters, you know, like the little okay. plastic ones. Mm-hmm. Like, click, click, click with the wheel. Green bick. Jude knew that he was going to hell when he died. It had been on the news. The janitors had cleaned it up. No one else would have done that. They were saying it was a warehouse fire. There was nothing about the phone call. So I don't know if we... No, 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 this hasn't been established yet. Uh, there was nothing about the phone calls. He wondered if they would be able to connect the two. If he's sending me pictures of the lighters. Yeah, why don't you know what a big lighter is? <laughs> I understand like. the concept of a bad lighter, yes. <laughs> Sorry. If they're as good as everyone said, they'd probably put seven and seven together. Or thirteen and one. Fourteen. The number buzzed in his head. Lives. Extinguished. Jude would have been able to bring them back, maybe, if he hadn't been so furrow. If he hadn't taken all the life and vitality and spark out of them like Bud in the Vaporizer. There's a lot of stoner, ref- like, I don't know how to explain this to you, Tan, but there's a there's a lot of stuff here for weed smokers. Really? In the, in the story Phantom Blunt, there's a lot of weed references? <laughs> I realize this isn't as deep of, of a connection, but like, it's it's nice. It, 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 I don't know. It's relatable to me. I like it. It's fun. It made sense to lay low. Greece, Athens, it drew him like some infernal magnet inside of him. He betrayed God, Greece made sense. Theseus killed the Minotaur at Jericho and the walls came a-tumbling down. Wasn't that how it went? Jude Cryot? Jude I don't know how to pronounce it. It's probably either Cryot or Creot, but I don't know which. Oh, Creot maybe, sons. Jude Creot was never very good at laying low. In Athens, he decided he was going to do something. Art. He'd never been too into the art end of the cool kids. He wrote, he enforced... He was one of the critics' little minions sometimes when bad things needed to be done. There was something about the city that inspired him. And he hoped the critic would hear of it. And he hoped the old bastard would have a heart attack before Jude could leave the city. Okay, so he so he works for Aussie in for the critic specifically. Oh, so this is past tense. Well, you're saying like... Well, you just say, you just killed like 14 of them right away. Okay. I'm sorry. I swear I'm paying attention. I'm actually engrossed. I'm just a little lost. He's just smoking weed the whole time. I'm not. I actually am not. I'm just a little lost because of the way the prose prose is written is a little fast paced for me, I'll admit. And I haven't been reading as much as I should be lately. So that's on me. It's not a fault of the writing. Sometimes Jude wished he could remember making the art piece. Sometimes Jude wished he still had that creative spark. He only remembered bits and pieces. He remembered the coins. He remembered crying. He remembered the men in ice. Theseus took the thread and got himself out of the labyrinth, but he was sucked in by it and spat out. Cold, clear walls. Walls that were too... Sorry, cold, clear glass. Walls that were too white. How stupid. They couldn't see magic. They didn't know gold if it came out of their own ass. The art piece had gotten him caught by the janitors. He had thought they were a myth. And he provided enough trouble that they stooped down to clear it all up. Twice in two weeks, maybe it was a record. But seeing the inner workings was a trip, Jude stepped out the airplane, shaking his head from side to side in a vain attempt to get webbing out from his ears. 
for someone like him, for someone so magic, a little bit of a memory loser wasn't going to work. He just made everything a bit strange, like permanent uh, deja vu. Are the janitors the foundation? Yeah. I gotcha. It wouldn't last long. He knew it because he fought it. And when he fought something about his body, it always came true. Ooh, that's a fun power. They had arranged his ticket back home, and he played complacent and empty. The come down made him want to get high. So high. What was it they called it? A class B? Maybe a class Z could get you fucked up. You should have asked one. Genesis wouldn't know gold if it was coming out of their ass. Oh, so this is implying that the Foundation has magic bullshit, but they don't understand it? Well, no, I think it's like, the class Z is fucking sick. They should be injecting themselves with it. <laughs> Didn't, didn't uh, Marie do that in yeah. Antimimetics? <laughs> do you think she was riding the high of her life at the end? I don't think end? she had a good time. <laughs> she, she just didn't know what Bad she shit. had. She couldn't realize it. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> Where's your trip sitter, Marie? <laughs> the trip sitter was fucking 3125 and it was not a good trip sitter. <laughs> uh. It had been two weeks since he had a taste of it, which to him was an eternity. He felt his body gurgling in irritation. He had snapped at a waitress. Hey! worse than the murders, maybe. No one snaps at the waitress but Tan, okay? <laughs> That's our waitress. Back off. <laughs> irritation. He couldn't sleep. But he didn't want to sleep. Not if he couldn't go to a beautiful, dreamless world of darkness or whatever. In the airport, he Can I just say, by the way, uh, I really love the somewhat like irreverent or flippant tone of the yeah. prose. It very much reminds me a little bit of how I like to write when I get into it. Not that... Like, I, I'm just saying, I really like this. It's like a relatable writing style to me. I love it. Kinch, this is awesome so far. I'm having a good time. I'm so glad we started reading this. In the airport, he stopped at a Starbucks. It was expensive, but usually people didn't notice that the serial numbers on a bill all ending in the same three digits. Kind of stupid, but Jude's magic was particular. The weed number just popped in sometimes at the weirdest parts. <laughs> he ordered an iced coffee. Black, no ice. <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, I sorry. Drink, I don't drink coffee. Don't no, it's coffee it's either. it's just it's just it's just funny. He's like he's because he's ordering iced coffee but no ice, so it's just coffee. Head <laughs> down, eyes ringed with crust. His fingernails were filthy and cut. Jude hadn't shaved, and his facial hair was an embarrassment. Patches missing here and there. Why bother with self care when you're going to burn for eternity? I know that feeling. Yeah, same. <laughs> I was about to say. After I started an SCP podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I wrote Among Us 1 and before Among Us 2, when you were the villain for like three months. I never considered myself the villain. I, I like know, you hero. were the hero. You were the anti-hero. But the world <laughs> thought you were a villain. <laughs> so he sat alone, drinking his black coffee. Jude was so lost in his thoughts that he didn't notice something or one sitting at his table until they spoke. Hey, buddy, you dropped this. Hold on, hold on. Can you read that line again, but in the voice of Joe from uh, from uh, Your Turn um, to Die? Oh. <laughs> hey, buddy, you dropped this. <laughs> hey, King, you dropped this. <laughs> and the person placed the green light on the table. The safety yanked off to make it light faster and smoother. Oh, sorry, no, to make it light faster and smoother, not lighter. <laughs> Thanks. He took it from the guy, took a sip of his coffee and said, Just lighter, though. Yeah, but I saw it, and I felt like grabbing it, and I felt like giving it to you. And I've learned that when I get a notion, it's best to do it right then. Like talking to you. Feels good. Feels like I'm supposed to. What's your name? Jude. This dude is weird as hell. I'm not into an ominous sex. I'm JJ. Don't worry, I'm not trying to fuck you. A pause, and he pointed at the lighter. Nothing's coincidence. 
Look at the tar on the bottom of the lighter. You use it to pack down your bowl, don't you? Not a joint man, are we? Based. I relate to Jude so hard. Of course. I bet you want to smoke weed, don't you? It's like imagine <laughs> imagining that like Bruno and John are like right next to his face. You yeah. want to smoke weed right now, don't you? <laughs> no, I, I would never use drugs. I can't. Hold on one second. Got someone knocking at the fucking window for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's JJ. You want to smoke weed, don't you? I bet you want to smoke weed, don't you? I just got a call from the girl I'm gonna be staying with. She told me her ex left a shitload of weed in her apartment. Couldn't have been an amicable parting, huh? Where's your luggage? We can get a cab. Jude stirred at this window. Erdo. JJ. He smelled nice. Showered. Unlike Jude, who had forgotten what a shower was in his haze. Had dark hair, bright eyes. He was cute, small. Uh, Cupid's bow lips, like a cherub. Cherubim, seraphim, thrones, yada yada. Maybe it was fate? Yeah, I guess. Jude's head felt okay. It felt like swimming. Thickness. It was the air. Was it destiny, or was he just hungry for more pot? I don't have a suitcase. Great, come on, you'll love it. JJ extended his hand to Jude. I think, yes, I think JJ having Joe from uh, Your Turn to Die's voice was a good call. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) I'm proud of that one. The girl was short and plump, with dark, frizzy hair and eyes ringed with sleep. Her mouth was a little crooked. Her teeth had a gap, but they were clean, white, which was wild to Jude, all things considered. He could barely remember that toothpaste existed on most days, but hers? Pristine. Jude tried to remember the last time he took a shower when she said, Dude, are you staring at my teeth? No. What the fuck is your problem? Be cool, said... Is that a good Joe? I don't know if I can do it like you. Be cool, said Joe, his voice cutting in like a lute or something. He's just weird. So are you. Jude, this is Esther. Esther, this is Jude. So, uh, are you two... You know... What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Esther poked Jude in the chest. Oh, that's what you were saying. I was like, hold on. Boy. No, that's, that's the next line. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, not, I'm loving the story so I know, far. I'm just like, I'm just like, whoa, chill out, man. That's <laughs> what it says in the story. Hey, come on. Guys. To the plot writer, please. <laughs> I never thought I'd have to make this video. Um, guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm swearing. <laughs> Esther poked Jude in the chest. She was shorter than he. By a foot and a half. Jesus Christ. She must be fucking tiny. By a foot and a half or something, you guess without really being too certain of the measurement. Uh, in the Did airport... You just like me for real, because I also don't know measurements at all. I can't like, <laughs> keep track of anything. That, that reminded me, I was watching a podcast, like a D&D thing, and this guy, he's Australian, but D&D uses Imperial. So he was like describing a guy, and he was like, uh, taller than a man, six foot tall. <laughs> and then people that knew him just started laughing. <laughs> so it's just like a tall guy. Taller than a man. <laughs> six feet. <laughs> um uh be cool said uh J- oh sorry uh <clears throat> in the airport he said like you know he was staying with you said jude so if a man stays with a woman that means they're going to fuck is that the kind of shit you believe you smell like an asshole anyone ever tell you that sometimes calm down lady and gentlemen why don't we just chill it's a beautiful day outside J.J. was grinning. None of it concerned him. He had already slid to the kitchen and was making himself something to eat. On a day like this, it's divine providence to smoke weed. The sky is perfect for it. The air is good, too. But the sky is better. Jude turned to the window. It was overcast. Rain fell in tiny, near-freezing droplets. The sky was dark, black in the horizon. To the east, or west, or really any of them. Jude wasn't a fucking compass. (laughs) 
I love this writing so much! Ah, oh, it's so good. <clears throat> but he knew what the wind looked like when it made the trees scatter, when it brought leaves sliding across pavement. The storm was coming closer. It would only get worse. Yeah, okay, you better not be fucking him when I get back, said Esther. He doesn't like anonymous sex! Esther's laugh was harsh and quick, a singular proclamation of hilarity. She was out of the room before he could say anything else. She blushed and then shook his head back and forth, up and down. It felt like his ears were popped, but it was deep in his brain. It was like an uncorked bottle of pop. It was losing all of its fizzle. Did you know you can stick your finger in pop to make the foam go down faster? June hadn't moved. Jude hadn't moved. His shoes were off. His own smell was starting to get to him, which had to have been a bad sign. He took a bottle of deodorizer, the friend of all stoners, from a table and began spraying himself. Uh, I I don't know. I don't. Fake. I don't know what deodorizer fake. even is. Is it like a spray fake. deodorant? <laughs> I'm you fake. Know what a, you don't even know what a weed is. <laughs> okay, sure. If JJ thought that was weird, he didn't show any sign of it. Yeah, if you wipe your nose with your finger and you stick it in, it goes down even faster. But you get nose oil in your drink. Yeah. Jude sat down at the kitchen table. And then he got up and sat on a couch. And then he stood up, walking into the kitchen, lingering. JJ was making a sandwich that Jude tried not to look at. A combination of things he didn't want to think of. Ketchup and pickles and meat and cheese. He tried to avoid... Oh, I hate ketchup on a sandwich. Ketchup. It was like ketchup on a burger, which is like round sandwiches, fine. Yeah. Well, no, but that's different because it's like grilled meat. Sandwich is like cold lunch meat and shit. Not necessarily. Um, fuck you. He tried to avoid looking at the sandwich when he said... Oh god, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sick just thinking about the ketchup thing. <laughs> I mean, I need a minute. Oh, that's embarrassing. Imagine <clears throat> dipping bread in ketchup. Okay, stop, stop, stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> he tried to avoid looking at the sandwich when he said, uh, "She hates me, doesn't she?" Yeah. Why'd you bring me here then? Because it's a good idea. He took a bite. Jude decided to go back to the table, sitting down. The apartment was small, three rooms, a living room and kitchen, barely divided by a counter and those weird overhead cabinets. She had a bathroom, probably, and a bedroom. Three rooms, if you counted the bathroom. And he did. She hates everyone, said JJ. Jude tried not to look at a speck of ketchup on his tooth. He tried not to hurl. She'll like you as soon as I do something to annoy you. My girl loves a teammate during that kind of thing. It's what always happens. How do you know? Have you done this before? Nope, said Jojo. Or JJ. I just (laughs) assumed. Before Jude could question it, Esther was back in with a bowl and a bag of weed that made Jude salivate visibly. I can't find a fucking lighter. I think she took it. Bitch. She threw the bag on the counter. Who wants to go to the fucking station? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just every time you ever hang out with stoners, are like, I'm going to go to the gas station. Every time. <clears throat> I have a lighter. And he took it out of his pocket and held it out to Esther. She snatched it. Uh, out of his hand, uh, she didn't say thank you. As Esther began to break up the weed in a slow way that the Jude showed her as a complete weed novice, she said, Fucked up that I have to rely on this shit-smelling guy for help when I got a fucking lucky little magic boy in the house. I found it! That's what they call me. <laughs> said JJ, just as Jude said, I'm magic too, you know. Esther finally had barely filled up the bowl when she pressed it to her lips and took a short drag, punctuated by a coughing fit that Jude could have counted as a gale if he had a barometer or whatever. Don't be a show-off. I figure everyone he picks up is. You're not special. I can do shit, too. Jude took the bowl next. The smoke filled his lungs, and he let it stay there. He could feel it inside of him. His capillaries took it. His lung opened up like a fucking clamshell. His blood was a dancing little Macarena man, bringing it into his brain and diffusing the numbness like the most beautiful chill, like sleeping, like buzzing. And then, for the first time, Esther smiled. 
She smiled with all of her teeth, but she caught herself and frowned. What can you do anyway, Jude? Uh, popcorn? Smoking weed with someone, especially when it was more than two-thirds of the people in the room could handle, was a weird experience. Esther had been on the floor, laughing and giggling. She was nearly passed out. It was a coughing fit that had sparked it, long after she admitted that it had been the first time she had smoked weed. Well, AJ was calm, but it was clear that not a single thought was going through his head. Head empty. <laughs> Jude kept trying to explain how JJ was like the golden man from the Philip K. Dick story, but JJ just kept grinning. His beautiful eyes, two small slits. Jude wasn't the best babysitter. It was hard for him. He was usually the one on acid that people were looking out for. Of course, the people who looked out for him were dead, or wanted him dead, or were forgetting he ever existed. As he bent down to get Esther on her feet, the doorbell rang. Without stopping, uh, JJ walked to the door and opened it wide. What the fuck is wrong? said Jude. A spiky tendril emerged from the bag of weed and wrapped around his mouth. It was thorny, tough. It smelled like it smelled like weed. A single purple blossom grew from the top of the tendril and waved in front of his eyes. Bull thistle, milk thistle, and there were more. They sprung out from the bag. They had no beginning point, just suddenly jetted out from the bud. The tendrils wrapped across his limbs, pulling him into the couch and plopping him onto a seat. Esther fell forward again, and JJ calmly closed the door closed the door after the man at the door stepped inside. I could smell you from outside, Jude, said the man with the emerald hair and eyes like the sea. Fourteen. That's how many. Fourteen lives. The perfect amount for my green fields of France, little man. <laughs> <laughs> Video killed the radio star doesn't work if you can't move. Is that it? the name of Jude's stand? Oh my god. So. That's good. I've always told you my stand is much better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be there. I don't need to touch anything. Green Fields of France loves plants and hates all those who murder. And you, Roller, have quite a bit of blood on your hands. Esther stood up on shaky feet and said, What the fuck kind of nerd shit are you talking about, dude? You didn't tell them, Jude. How cute. Your Catholic guilt is what will kill you in the end, you know. Jude, you think a little statue is going to undo what you did, little guy? You're shit in God's eyes, in the eyes of all that's cool. And the man smiled at Esther. Hello, dear. My name is Eric Fury. My old friend Jude here used to know me as the Gardener. I've just come here on behalf of some old friends for retribution. So Roller, I imagine, is probably like Jude's old Aussie name. Maybe. The Roller, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Roller like rolling a joint, presumably. <laughs> it's an art. <laughs> JJ I mean, some would sat... say that. JJ laughed and sat next down next to Jude, spinning on a chair. You're totally, pre- you're totally pretending to have a stand, aren't you? What's a stand, said Esther. It's an anime power thing, like it's a punch to ghost, except this dude's is pretty shitty. It is not a shitty stand. <laughs> Me as a Jojo villain. <laughs> Said Eric. Dungeons tightened on Jude, 14. Blood trickled down his shirt, down his legs, and he made a noise that sounded like a moan and a scream. It was kind of both. <laughs> Jude wiggled against the grip. His hands were lashed tight to his sides. The thorns were horrible. It smelled like cutting the grass. Wait, that's a great smell. It smelled like falling down in a field while playing contact sports. Also good smell. Yeah. The fingers of his white hand, white, right hand wiggled. It's a very useful stand for wet work, and it's absolutely fucking amazing at what it does. All it needs is a plant, and I can kill the guiltiest son of a bitch in a room. What if there aren't any plants? JD said. 
What if he does feel guilty? Wait, did you dye your hair to fit with your uh, stan? Yes, <laughs> for giggles. Dude, those are contacts, aren't they? You don't even fucking have green hair, <laughs> do you? Every JoJo villain! Oh no. And look finally. at his nails. Oh god, JJ, look at his fucking fingernails. Green. Oh god, I think they sparkle. Do you see that? I love this. Are you, are you two even fucking listening to me? The tendrils pulled the dew to the ground along with the bag. The weed and the animated thistle fell onto the ground. It gave them better coverage. Better angles, they spread across the floor and in turn spread Jude at a playful angle. The smelly bastard you brought here is a murderer. A filthy fucking killer. They bite him because of that. They gnash their teeth because he has spilled blood on Mother Earth. And Mother Earth does not take kindly to being tainted. To punctuate the moment, the tendrils tightened and twisted Jude's body. His right hand flashed. Too quickly for Eric to see, he was staring at JJ and Esther. He had finally listened, and he always loved a good audience. I imagine he's posing right now, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You mean Jude? Who did he kill? JJ's expression was blank. There was curiosity, but there was no longer warmth, nor there was coldness. He was clinical, interested. Jude would have loved to study it if he wasn't being killed by plants. Um, That smelly piece of shit, I'm assuming that's Asper. Mm-hmm. 14. 13 men, one woman. Innocent people, artists. By all accounts, they didn't see it coming. They couldn't have, of course. But trust me, it's in your best interest for you to let us do this. It's our code. What the fuck? So that's fuck. <laughs> the moment was perfect. The green lighter flicked to life in his hand. He was the flame. The heat that was everything inside of him and outside of him. It radiated outward. The end of each tendril sizzled and it slid inward like a cigarette being pulled by an unseen giant. Eric's eyes had bugged out before he realised his body was aflame, and then he was on the ground, rolling. The flame was quick. It scorched the carpet, but it didn't consume him. Did he, like, uh, manipulate the flame with his stand power, or did he just use the lighter to light it? (laughs) Uh, You want me Were you asking me to take over? Yeah. Yeah, sure. As Esther jerked over to the kitchen for the fire extinguisher, the flame went out. Eric was crispy on the ground, gasping for breath, but very much alive. (coughs) They'll send more, Jude, he coughed. Eric strained to speak, his mouth lipless and charred. You can't beat all of us. Jude coughed, wiping the blood from his mouth. He reached out and picked up an unscorched marijuana bud from the carpet, a single one untouched. He was happy there hadn't been a fifteenth person there. Without thinking, he stuffed it into his pocket. Esther probably wouldn't mind. I think we should leave, said JJ. All of us. I'm not going anywhere with a fucking murderer. What the fuck, JJ? What the fuck? We're going with him. You have to come. Esther didn't argue. Neither did Jude. There was a burnt man moaning. Esther packed away her laptop, her clothes, a few pictures that made Jude's head hurt, and a few books Jude didn't see. Two suitcases. Where are we going? For how long? It depends on where Jude's going, said JJ as he left the room, walking down the hallway. So these these two, like, just met Jude, right? Like, yeah, the, the, the new Jude, bro. <laughs> the hallway elevator doors opened and closed. Esther and Jude stared at each other for a long moment. He coughed and sat up, and then stood up. Uh, I can take one of your suitcases for you if you want. I can hold my own fucking stuff, she said. Jude took a suitcase, and she didn't say anything. The two of them didn't move. I was in Are We Cool Yet? And I didn't stop something bad. They did something to a woman, my friend. They hurt her, raped her, killed her for an art piece. They made it magic to do this. So I killed them. 
Juke coughed, moving from his right foot to his left. I don't know if I'd undo it, but I killed them. I didn't want them to do it again. He was there. It's okay if you're weirded out. It's pretty fucked up. I should have mentioned, uh, my killer thing, I guess. Esther stared at him. She took her suitcase in her hand and walked to the kitchen table. By the way, Anomalous, you should probably edit in, like, content warnings at the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah, If you don't mind, just to be safe. Uh, she picked up her car keys as they jingled in her hands. As she passed Eric, she kicked him once in the stomach. She walked out of her apartment and Jude followed. Together, they walked into the elevator and the doors closed behind them. Did you guys seriously name all your powers after some anime? Esther finally asked, breaking that long silence. Yeah. Who fucking does that? It's more common than you think. You ever hear of Serpent's Hand? I know a lot of their assassins pretend they're Super Saiyans. And what does your stand do? Jude coughed, looked at the ground, and shuffled. The elevator opened, and JJ smiled placidly at them, waving his hand slowly from right to left. So, where are we going? said Jude. Fuck you! What's your stand? It's called a stand. With a D. Video killed the radio star. I manipulate electricity. And I do see that that links to presumably another tale? Uh, yeah. So, so <laughs> are, are we sure this is the first one? It's in the series, it is. Ah. But you said you can do a lot more than that. They don't know that. Real stand users keep their superpowers secret. It's the fucking move. All I do is send some people through cell phone call is send some people through cell phone calls and text messages and stuff. Nothing, you know, too magic. I didn't want to uh, be made to do too much. Esther was quiet for a moment before she said, "Jude, do you think text messages are sent through the power grid?" Yeah. Why? Aren't they? JJ burst out laughing, eyes as red as his cheeks. You a dumbass, dude. It's a good fucking thing you didn't watch Naruto. Fucking Grand Hokage Jude who doesn't know what a satellite is. If I'd had a stand, it'd be Joy Division. <laughs> 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 I love this tale so much. <laughs> Not even the power, just the name. I've done that so many times. Let's judge a fan. As they walked out of the apartment complex, alarms blared down the street as a fire truck and a police car sped down the street. You can't, said Jude, staring at the ground. Esther's car was a battered Honda Civic. It was a sickly shade of blue. Jude hated it. That's been taken. <laughs> this is this is the, as JoJo of a conversation as it gets. <laughs> you know it's not fucking real, right? Like, this is just a fucking game? Your anime isn't real. Like, God, um, dude, chill um, out. We muffed every sentence. <laughs> yeah, this is this is how Dune felt when we told him the Clash was already a standing JoJo. <laughs> As Esther unlocked the door, JJ opened the back and slid in, leaving Jude and Esther to sit together in the front. She took the front, and Jude sat in the passenger seat. So, uh, oh, I assume this is Esther. So, do any of you drive? I probably could, said JJ. No, said Jude. Fucking great. Nice. Okay. In a car with children. Where to, then? Jude shrugged. JJ said, let's get something to eat. I'm fucking starving. Jude and Esther looked back at JJ at the same time, both tilting their heads in confusion. A dude just burnt like crazy in front of you, dude, said Esther, just as Jude said, are you fucking kidding me? Esther sighed and turned the key in the ignition. Can you fucking believe him, dude? No, no, I can't, said Jude, leaning his cheek against the cold window. In the back seat, JJ smiled and he closed his eyes. So is JJ Jojo, do you think? I don't think, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, upvoted, 13 out of 10, masterpiece, no notes. Um, it, it was really funny, I love the prose, how like irreverent it was, but it also described things, I don't know if everyone can relate to this, but like a lot of the ways it described things are like thoughts and ways that I've thought about things, if that makes sense. 
Um, like it just it just felt like I was reading something almost from my own head a little bit. Uh, I and I really dug that. Uh, I don't know if Kinch is just on a similar wavelength to me, or uh, if they just did a really good job of like capturing that. But fucking well done. I loved every single bit of it. Uh, it felt like it was it was something that was like right up my alley, and I really want to read more. I hope we continue with the series. Uh, what did you think? I enjoyed it as well. It's very good. It's funny, but also not funny in equal measure. Can we um, read more next week? You think should this be um, like our new no. series? We're only forty minutes in. We might have time for a second one if you if you want. Yeah, I wasn't implying we had to stop here. I, I just meant like because there's a lot of these right in the series. Uh, I'm not, let me have a look. I think I think there's like five or so chapters right now. Okay. And how recent is this? There's four. So we could probably do this this episode next episode. Yeah. And this was made way back in 2017. God damn. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway. Yeah. No, sorry. Burping. Dying? Give me the next one. Next one is Bong Grip Tendency. Like yes! <laughs> oh, I love this. Uh, how long is this one? Should we do a quick length check? Um, uh, we'll definitely go over a special comment reading, but it's probably fine if you're well, fine. There's a short episode next week, like you said. So Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll make up for it. All right. <clears throat> let's just get right into it then. Go for it. Alexander had a way of opening a room from the moment he walked in. I get that. <laughs> so as the door soundlessly blew off its hinges, Jude just reached down, pulled a rapidly warming beer out from JJ's backpack, and popped the tab. The door wasn't exactly broken so much as pushed, so did it just make sense that Alexander picked it up and pushed it right back in like a big jigsaw piece? He was tall. Taller than Jude, certainly. Wide, dark eyes nearly hidden by the unkempt dark hair. Long, nimble fingers uncorked an extremely large jug of red wine. Cheers, he said. Jude and Alexander both drank. Skunked beer and cheap red wine. Jude tilted back his head, draining a can of beer, crushed it, dropped it on the hotel room floor. Esther hadn't moved from the bed. Two beds. Jojo was in a different room. Of course he was. He always was. I really wish you wouldn't, said Jude. Alexander spilled wine in a small line across the entryway. I'm trying to give a voice for Alexander. It can't be helped. <laughs> this is a stand thing, isn't it? Quiet, more annoyed than scared. Esther drew her legs up onto the bed. Alexander raised the bottle, gesturing in a wide arc. Red flowed freely. He took a few steps in, an arc across the door to the bathroom. And then he turned. Another splash of wine stained closed white curtains. I pour to Mithras, I pour to Zeus, to Perun, to the warriors and the fathers of old. Alexander held out the bottle, pooling the wine in front of him before taking a sip. <laughs> Jude reached into the backpack and pulled out another can of beer. Don't drink or anything, Esther. That's how Temple of Love gets you. What? Why would I drink right now? In whose name do you pour, Jude? Do you pour for Christ, the Father, the Ghost, the Destroyer One, or is that free? Just one. You know his name, same as it's ever been. Jude flipped the tab of a hiss. He spilled the beer on the carpet and took a long sip. His Adam's apple bobbed up and down. The can fell lifelessly. You went to Catholic school too, you know. Same one I did. Someone's going to have to clean this. What the fuck kind of masculine bullshit is this? Esper's face reddened. She reached out to Jude to slap some sense into him before the space between them widened. It stretched like silly putty. No. Marble pillars sprung up from the beds and the window opened wide and dissipated. The television flew upwards and fanned out until it became everything there was, a sun and a deep blue sky that soon was covered by the austere right roof. 
The air was heavy. The sunlight slanted through Ucolum's, Ionic, Corinthian, who didn't know which. It was still after midnight, of course, and he was still tired, but Alexander always loved the brightness. He said it gave him energy, the sun and the hawk and the bull. Jude cracked his knuckles. It was loud enough to reverberate from the columns. Alexander smiled. He hadn't changed, but didn't his clothes seem a little cleaner? Gilded, almost, in the outlines? Hard to see. You know the rules, Jude? He bit his lower lip, fidgeted. A momentary glimmer lost before he yawned, took a sip of the jug of wine in his hands. Thunderdome rules, right? What the fuck is she doing there? Here. Jude's eyes narrowed. A cloud covered the sun. The shade was cool. A witness. I can smell the monotheism on her, but what is a contest of wills without an audience, Jude? I don't get out of bed for less than an auditorium. A smile. Weinstein's teeth, too large, too sharp to be human. So is this like a stand battle that's a drinking contest? I guess. <laughs> the wind picked up and died quicker than it began. The sun was back, golden orb. If Jude cared to look, which he didn't, he'd probably notice it was a blinding chariot pulled by a beautiful horse. Alexander was always furrow. Minefra was screaming. Jude turned. She was in a gleaming golden cage upon a palaquin. The men that carried her were living statues, every muscle ripping, rippling like Bernini. They were marble, of course, like everything else in the temple. Two had the head of a bull, two had the head of a hawk. So you're the lapdog when it all comes down to it. Friendship doesn't mean shit. You killed fourteen of them, Jude. You left the gardener a walking skin graft. Alexander took a long drink of wine. The drink was a goblet, golden, dazzling gems, and elegant stem. I'd do it again if I could. Then Jude ran at Alexander, electricity and flame. Alexander caught the punch in his hand. A marble fist enclosed Jude's, crushing bones with a nice crunch. I know you think you would, little Jude, but I don't think you have it in you. And then a knee slammed into Jude's crotch. His vision went black. Uh, I'm just saying, I got food poisoning. You didn't. Your, Your luck shit doesn't help me if it's going to give me diarrhea. Jude was pouting. But then again, wasn't he always pouting? Esther looked in the rearview mirror. He had his long legs on the car seat, on the car's seat. Muddy shoes everywhere. At least he had taken a shower. They had to stop to buy him new clothes on the heels of all that shit. He couldn't just make more clothes. She had asked, and he had said, Iman Hashem, that he could never get the size right. That he had always made it so the tags dug into the back of his neck enough to leave a rash. One guy, God, that's such an autism feel. Uh, one got used to that kind of thing when being around Jude Kriot. The only magical incompetent. A man who could keep the car running miles and miles on fumes, but who had trouble eating a single meal without splotches of barbecue sauce on the front of his shirt. Or gravy, or whatever gross bullshit he shoved down his throat. And the cracking cracked his neck, his knuckles, his toes, and she swore his jaw. You didn't die, did you? I call that good luck, then. JJ's face was against the window. The point of his nose poking against the glass. Rubbing his gross sweat and oil all over it. He had a seatbelt on. No one else thought it was funny but Esther. And I found that 20 on the ground when you were pooping. So really, your pain benefited us all in the end. It was JJ still, I think. Oh, no, no, you're right, absolutely. No, it's... Sorry, the way he was all in one paragraph threw me off there. Yeah, you're good. I'm just above you. Uh, you... <clears throat> oh, sorry. You bought that fucking t-shirt with it. I think me looking beautiful and fierce can keep the whole gang's spirit up. It's hideous. Once again, you're just a jealous bitch who buys a fucking shirt at a truck stop. The gorgeous. The shirt truthfully was hideous. 
World's Greatest Grandpa in Large Blue Comic Sans. <laughs> there was an old man at the bottom, crudely drawn. He was fishing in a boat. He wasn't catching anything. He looked tired. It was three sizes too large. Esther didn't say anything. She kept her eyes on the road as much as she could. She hated being with men, especially the two of them. JJ was a good friend of hers, certainly, but she always felt she was expected to mother them, to act as the wise middle ground in their constant little dick wars. Or maybe it was just a weird kind of flirting. Besides, it's my stand! said J.J. Oh, wait, so J.J. was the one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> Your stand can't be a fucking shirt. There's no song called that. Mine, actually, the plain white tees, so fuck you. <laughs> Mine is. Fuck you. Jude cracked his neck, leaned forward between Esther and J.J. If you had a stand, it'd be like safety dance. Maybe, like, nothing bad ever happens to me. The Oingo Boingo thing, you know. Or, like, wheel in the sky. I've got a bunch, dude. You can have a good one. World's greatest grandpa gives me the power to fuck hot silver daddies. Big dudes who smoke cigars. He paused. Development potential, eh? (laughs) I love this! I love this so much! It's everything we could ever want, Tan. Oh, Jude stopped talking, leaned back, and looked out the window. Esther thought the ugliest thing in the world was a grown man pouting. Childishness. Learned helplessness. Jude was probably the kind of man whose mother made his dinner for him until he left home. Probably had to do the laundry until she was all broken and wrinkled. Probably never learned how to work the oven or the stove himself. Probably the kind of kid whose mother cleaned his room for him. Don't say bitch, Esther said without turning to look at JJ, demeaning to women. Even if you mean it in the sassy gay way, you always do. Sorry, babe, pouted just like Jude. All men were the same, weren't they? Not like a woman. Never like a woman. (laughs) They had the conversation before. They'd have the conversation again. JJ was the man, but the piece of... JJ was a man, but the piece of (laughs) shit... JJ was the man. He's the man. We all all like JJ. We do. JJ was a man, but the piece of shit was always so serene so soon. A performative sorrow. A learned reaction in all men to make a woman absorb the brunt of their baggage. It wasn't just the way the trouble rolled off his back like water on a duck's ass. It was that he was a man. I don't know how to feel about all these assumptions about me. Uh, About men. I don't know. Uh, Who's talking right now? Is this Esther? Um, no, it's JJ. Okay. Oh, no, Esther. It, it was Esther, sorry. Okay. It's okay. It wasn't. Just don't do it again. Men don't change. No matter how hard they tried, he'd do it again. Her taddy, her dad, her father, Rabbi, Rabbi Kogan, he never changed. Every Shabbat, every time he spoke God's words to the congregation, he said such beautiful things. But men forget beauty. Um, I, I I'm going to do my best. Kahab imin erd arain. As far as she I don't want to make a video like this, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I'm doing my best, earnestly. <laughs> as far as she was concerned, he was dead and buried. Her hands bit into the wheel, wanted to break through it, wanted to tear it from the steering column and throw it into the street. Fuck to God, fuck to life, fuck to the stupid bullshit she'd gotten herself into. We need to stop, JJ said suddenly, his voice cutting through the fog like a shafar. We need to stop. We have to stop. We need to stop. I'm going to open the door, stop the car. I'm getting out. Fuck. Lamanashem, okay, okay. And then she was pulling into the most nondescript diner she'd ever seen. If it was dark outside, she bet most of the letters in the sign would be out. Irma's diner. Who was Irma? Why couldn't this bitch get some more light bulbs? The mind boggled. Are you hungry? Kind of. We have to stop here. Jude grumbled, stretching his long arms and long legs, cracking them like a fucked up daddy long legs. She wanted to reach back and hit him. And JJ, too. Fuck, like children. Always a mother. They couldn't even drive. As soon as she parked the car, JJ sprinted out into the diner. Around them were only gigantic trucks, some with rigs, some without. Wonderful. More men.
All right, fine, I could go for something to eat, Esther said, yanking out the key, opening the door and leaving Jude stretching and making gross noises in the backseat, just like me for real. <laughs> I do those <laughs> things. Yeah, You've heard me make noise, the strange noises. You know, that's just what my body does. As Jude regained consciousness, he could hear Alexander speaking. The words didn't work in his head, but the tone was unmistakable. Pontification. That's what Jude recognized it as. It was just the way he was, the way he had always been. Shut the fuck up, said Jude. He tried to stand up, then fell. He remained on one knee, panting. It was so hard to be here. So hard to continue existing in the face of this fucking blowhard. Rude. Here I am, giving your good friend... What's your name again? Said Alexander, just as Esther said. Shut the fuck up! Oh my god! It's Esther, said Jude, shaking onto his feet again. Didn't fall. The floor was marble, it looked different. The gilded cage was the same. So were the gigantic animal-headed statues holding it. Alexander, however, wore a toga and laid out on a triclinium. Yeah, beautiful name. Someone in the Old Testament, right? The Tanakh, Esther corrected, before a single marble arm protruded from the top of the cage and held its hand over her mouth. Its grip looked hard to Jude. All monotheism is cut from the same cloth, the same refusal to see the varied power of nature, a simplistic attempt to glean order from a series of wills, all clustered and fighting, but sometimes together. It's arrogant, really, but I lost my train of thought. He plucked a grape mm-hmm. from a vine that grew self-supporting to the level of his arm. Alexander took it and popped it into his mouth. I'd like it in. <laughs> They were the most purple things Jude had ever seen. Anything else that had been purple looked like bullshit in comparison. The apotheosis of purple. The platonic ideal of it. That's the word I was looking for earlier during Alan Wake. Platonic ideal. Jude realized he was drooling when he was on his own two feet. Trembling, anemic. Definitely not a shonen hero. More like a shonen zero! (laughs) That's so good! Fuck! What, what, how am I supposed to cope, Tim, with the fact on this podcast that nothing I do will ever be funnier than the way Kinch writes? It's so good. Oh my god. I love it. <laughs> what were you, wait, who's talking now? I got lost. Is this um, Alexander? Um, uh, no, this is Jude, I think. Yeah. What were you boring her about? Oh, yes. I was telling her about our friendship. About my life. I knew your parents. May the gods hold them in their minds for eternity. You knew my mother. He spilled wine from a goblet that was in his hand for a moment and disappeared the next. I thought she needed to know. It's good for the audience to have a good idea of the turmoil between the two heroes. You're the antagonist. I guess I am, said Alexander. He shook his head, sliding off from the couch. I told her about our childhoods. About high school, about college, same high school, same college, recruited by the same art collective slash terrorist group. You were the architect. I'm still the architect. I didn't kill 20 of them. 14. I rounded it. You've always (laughs) been shit at math. (laughs) It's like a tan move. And something like a bolt of lightning shot out from Jude's eyes, an arc of brightness, like the beam of a flashlight. But it didn't reach Alexander. Jude coughed, sputtered, fell back to the ground. Alexander sighed, sitting back down. This is pitiful. I thought you'd give me a battle to sing about for ages to come. You're not even worth spilled wine. What would your father say? What would the father of your father say? He tilted his head like an animal trying to find the best angle to hear prey. The filigree on the marble columns seemed to breathe. Gold and silver in and out. I did those glance ahead. Uh, Anomalous, you definitely do want to have that content warning. Yeah, please do. A web of shining, delicate lace 
Sometimes it surprised Jude, the delicacy that Alexander was capable of. You're less than a man, Jude. You're not even a woman. You're a sexless, pitiful little thing. You lack all vitality. If your body was your mind, your dick would have shrunk to a pit and fallen off years ago. I don't even... Alexander began to sputter. He clawed at his neck. The hand on Esther's mouth fell limply and then retracted back into the top of her cage. She took a breath, but nothing came. Her face reddened, tears of irritation bringing mascara down her cheeks. She screamed! No sound came out. The sky was dark again, midnight. The moon hung high and fat, but a churned, sweet, reddened, filigree like molten glass expanded outward. The marble breathed flesh, the marble was skin, the marble was blood, veins filled with something strange and dark and unknowable. Not a man, was all that Jude said. He stood tall. He was gold and silver and light. There was a breeze, and Esther took a long breath. She didn't speak. What do you know about being a man, Alex? You fell ass backwards into it. Tall as the columns. Or was he the columns? The moon and I, the wind is breath. I chose manhood. I took it and made it my own. I made my own body cell by fucking cell. I was never a girl. I never felt like one. And what did you do, Alexander? What did you do? Besides disappoint your mother. Besides acting like a fucking ancient Roman piece of garbage. Alexander floated upward. The wind took him. His jeans were dirty. His t-shirt was ill-fitting. Skin gray. Eyes closed, grimacing. Electricity pulsed throughout his body. The architect's teeth chattered. It isn't power. It isn't your gods. It isn't being a father. It's not something as base as reproduction. His voice was everything. The temple spoke. The temple of love was in Jude's name, dedicated to Jude's god and world without end. Manhood isn't so fucking simple. It's fuck. It's love. I don't know. It's protection. Fuck. It isn't what you are. From within him stepped a figure in gold, muscular, strong, and stepped out from his body, aligned with his, and then out like walking through a doorway, cast in a spider web. One fist was a plus, the other a minus. It walked like a VHS distortion, scrambled and chopped. The golden figure, video killed the radio star, punched Alexander. Once, hold on, can we get the... (laughs) Once, twice, thrice, a flurry of fists, and it spoke, a great flood, a word repeated, to burn... Oh, that's cool. Like, that's his aura aura. And the electricity held him in the air, like the moon pale and fat, blood, the sound of bones breaking, and finally, one last punch rocketed Alexander to a column. As he slid down to it, a smile spread across his face. It's beautiful, he said. This is what I hoped for, Jude. This is a beautiful will worthy of your God. I feel good now. About all this. Coughed. Blood. There was a lot of blood. Uh, popcorn. Uh, Esther lit the end of the jar in black with Jude's green lighter. She moved to place it in her purse, but Jude's hand shut out, plucking it from between her fingers. She grunted, but took a long drag. The taste was sweet on her lips. I used to smoke cloves too, Jude said. I wanted to impress this cute goth boy. Esther's eyebrows rose up then down by way of response. I remember coughing, people told me I smoked it like weed. I remember, you know, holding it in like I was going to get high. Still remember the head rush. Can I get one? Esther shrugged and pulled one out from the battered pack. Jude lit the cigarette and handed the light to Esther. He put it into a purse before he realised what he was doing. One idiot. Did you? Did I what? Impress your golf boy, did you? Jude shook his head, the smoke spewing out from his nose and mouth like the shittiest smoke bomb. He hacked and coughed, hands on his knees. Eyes redder than they were on pots, but he was licking his lips. Wasn't he smiling? No, I'm not good at getting boys to like me, or girls. He took another drag, this one much shorter, and tried his best to hold it in before seeming to, rem- even to remember it wasn't weed. Is this uh, is this relatable for you, Tan? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs>
<laughs> lots of weed? Lots of weed? They're smoking like, like grass? No, no, no. The part about not good, getting, about not good at getting boys or girls to like you. Oh, uh, <laughs> Is that relatable <laughs> to you? What's going on here? <laughs> it's an ambush. I'm joking. Muzazi. Uh, I'm sure you have plenty of jokes, man. <laughs> he would shoot me in the back if he could. That tan honey would. Bisexual, probably then. Gay and bi men were just as bad as heterosexual. This is the narration. I just want to point out, I didn't say that. Yeah. No, clip that. Someone clip that. Twitter and cancel. You no, know what? If you're going to do that, she's right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Please, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She took another drag and didn't speak. Wanting to fuck someone different than society intended didn't suddenly make you okay. Okay. Uh, Jude sighed, leaning against the diner. JJ was nowhere to be found. They had to wait for him, of course, even though he'd do fine on his own. The question was whether or not they would. Esther hated the silence. She hated having to hang out alone with Jude. Even with a shower, he had a smell about him, a kind of sweaty, desperate scent, like metal, like nervous animals. Do you ever, ever have trouble believing in God, like, because of your magic? You're Jewish, right? He paused. Dropped the half-smoked cigarette to the ground and crushed it underneath his sneaker. Does it, like, interfere? Why would it? He wasted the cigarettes. Esther wanted to reach out and slap the living shit out of him. Why was she played by such stupid, faultless men? Why was God doing this to her, out of all people? It's unnatural, isn't it? It's like, I know you guys don't have saints. Don't worry about hell. We don't have that. Don't even have heaven. Shit, really? Wild. Jude blinked in genuine surprise. Leave it to a Christian to be unable to imagine doing good without promise of paradise. Yeah, Darnell. Damn. But, like, I have powers greater than the saints. I do miracles like, you know, Jesus, but I'm not. I'm just an idiot with magic. You are an idiot. Yeah, right? He shrugged. It just makes me feel like I'm going against order. Like, I have too much. Like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sin. Like, just being is blasphemy. It feels rude to rely on God for my like this. I don't even think of it unless I need forgiveness. I don't know. I feel like an aberration. I feel like I got too much. Like, I'm unaccounted for. These are all very relatable feelings. <laughs> You feel like you've got too much? <laughs> no, no, like, you know, just, like, feeling like you are inherently wrong and, like, only thinking about God when you feel like you need something to take away, like, your wrongness. I only I, think I can about when there's something I need. That's very much, like, a Christian guilt thing, I think. I've, I've never felt guilt in my life. I can't relate. Yeah. It's, it has to be ingrained into you by trauma from your family. No, no, you misunderstand. No guilt at all. No I'm guilt. Of what I'm wrong. <laughs> Not even for his many sins. If it's performed by me, it's a virtuous act. <laughs> Is that the next Aetheral Space villain? Uh, I alone decide what is sin and what is virtue. <laughs> the only one that de- uh, decides what happens all to all of is heaven and earth, I alone am the honored one. <laughs> Dragon be like... Alright, we were on Esther Snorted, right? Yeah, Esther Snorted. She took another drag before dropping the butt on the ground, crushing it beneath her heel. She pulled out another long black cigarette, stuck it between her lips, lit it. What's that supposed to mean? It's stupid. Uh, sorry, I don't know what happened to me there. God made you a man, God made me a woman. There's no changing that. She also made us both magic. I make mitzvahs and you make fancy lights dance. It's arrogant to imply there isn't an order to this. She took another drag. Like what God said to John, do you know the mating seasons of mountain lions? Do you know for the weather? There's something going on way behind you, in order to things you can never see. And your magic, your bullshit, is accounted for. And in the eyes of the one who created all things, it's paltry idiot shit. I guess. His face was red. Yeah. You guess. 
What about JJ? Some people are just blessed. There's an order to it. It's unfair and sometimes it's bullshit. You can hold God accountable for the bullshit, or you can just do what with it what you can. As though called, JJ came rounding a corner. Hey, bitches, waiting on me? No, JJ, you're not allowed to say that word. We went over this. Where were you? Jude said, powering up my stand. JJ <laughs> winked. Don't be gross. Where were you? Sucking off some old dude's dick in his truck. Are you serious? That's unsafe. It's unsanitary. Like, you could be sick. You have a condom. Why are you messing with me? Jude's voice slid to a whisper as a large man came from where JJ had walked from. JJ winked at the old man and waved. Hope to see you again, Bert. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Bert. Bert the large must... old man only blushed and nodded and walked inside. Imagine being written in the story slowly to get blown. And then we get to go off screen. Yeah. <laughs> Jude stirred, wide-eyed, scandalized, confused. He shook his head and stalked over to the car. It was locked, but that never mattered for him. He opened the door and slid into the back seat. Did you really? Esper said. Nah, I mean, I did hit on him. He's married, though, said his grandson was gay, gave me his number. Didn't have the heart to tell him he was too young for me. Judy stretched and yawned. We had a great conversation about ham radios, though. Kind of cool. Nice. On the way to the back, this dude with a confederate flag on his dashboard left his door open, so I totally pocketed this. And there was a wad of bills pulled out from his tight jeans. That means a hotel tonight. Only two rooms, probably. But since I found it, that means you and Jude have to be bunkmates. I'd rather sleep in a ditch. <laughs> I thought they were going to like bond in this chapter, but it doesn't seem like this happened. <laughs> Don't be a baby. You two need some more time to get used to each other. And JJ turns to the car. Jude pops the lock and JJ steps in, front seat. Esther took a puff of her cigarette, staring at the two men in her car. She could think of worse places to be. Uh, popcorn. Esther stepped out from a cage that no longer existed. The four statues had fallen. She went to Jude and said, oh, so this is like we're going back and forth in time here. Yeah. Presumably, the this whole temple thing happened after the hotel. I think so, yeah. Esther stepped out from a cage that no longer existed. The four statues had fallen. She went to Jude and said, He asked me to protect you with my life when you passed out. I have no fucking clue what's going on. The light around Jude faded as he stepped toward his fallen friend. The golden figure stepped into him. He bent down to Alexander on his knees and he said, What the fuck is your problem, dude? Jude wanted to slap Alexander, but he had already done much more. You showed me what I was, said Alexander. His eyes were dim. The blood was red, but it was golden. Icker, not gross. Not Lovecraft's Icker, but Icker like a Greek god. It had a sweet smell to it. Jude felt sick. What do you mean? A coward. My mother raised me alone. She, you remember her, don't you? It's hard to forget her. She was just like you. Alexander smiled, his eyes closed. It is a sin for you to kill. My gods would look the other way. Yours don't. Yet you did what you believed was right. They hurt, and you hurt them. I wanted to see if it was a mistake, or if your will was that strong. A man protects the weak. My mother taught me that. You protected the weak by killing him. I did nothing. I said nothing as this consumed you. I was content to not act. But inaction is cowardice. Inaction is a transgression against bravery, against the gods, against our fathers and their fathers. It was a mistake. Yes, it was. For you. But your Christ will forgive. I've been led to believe he's all about that. The floor was carpeted. The columns were starting to look more like beds. You were never going to die, Alexander said. There's no world where I defeat you. I knew that it would be so. 
you're worthy of facing him. Who? The critic. The one behind all of this. His hands didn't create the statue, but isn't he just as much a part of it as the sculptor? A weak smile. Alex reached out, hand rested against Jude's cheek for a moment before it fell heavily to his side. He won't stop. He knows where you are. I know not how. They will know I lost. He'll send another. His electric eye sees all. His breaths were ragged. The punches weren't what did it. His being, his life force was leaving. Temple of Love only ever left one. I deserve to die. My will remains with you. And I will go on before us. I will go to the afterlife of my gods. I will set aside a place for you. And when you finally die, Jude, you will sit beside me. And we will be friends again. And you can tell me what you did, how you saved them. How brave you were in the face of sin. What? What if I'm right about God? Jude was crying, silently, of course. Alexander was never one for tears. I will storm the gates. And I will petition your Christ to forgive you. A long sigh. And if he does not... I will descend to the fires of eternity with you. Alexander. Oh, fuck. I'm getting sad, dude. <laughs> no! It's a bitch. This is good! Fuck! Alexander smiled. The blood was all red. He was thin, pale, ghostly white. His veins were visible. Everything was fading, clothing like gossamer. In whose name did you pour, Jude? My own. Alexander laughed a long rattle. <laughs> After you've done, go to them. All three, don't let this ruin it. A relationship with your gods is a wonderful thing, Jude. I am certain they will forgive you. And a man is nothing. Alexander reached out to touch Jude's cheek. A man is nothing without his beliefs. So fucking true. It's really true. You you have to stand by your principles or you stand for nothing. What are your principles? Um... Truth, honesty, integrity, kindness. Hmm. Okay, I'm, I don't think I'm. I, can, I don't think I'm standing by them. <laughs> <laughs> you have your own principles, I'm sure. Things oh, that you like stick true to, even when it makes life more difficult. Although kindness, I'll admit, is one I fail at, but usually not intentionally. I'm just super autistic. You're so cruel and, to me. Well, like I'm just super autistic, and sometimes I say the wrong thing, and it comes out rude when I did not mean it to be rude. If that makes sense, uh, I fuck that up a lot, all the time. I get you. Yeah. Uh, And the hand slid from Jude's cheek. It disappeared before it hit the ground. There was no Alexander. There were no columns. They were inside and the outside was outside. The hotel room still stunk of wine, but there was no other sign of Alexander. For a long time, neither Esther nor Jude said a word. Jude laid out on the ground, her face in the carpet. Esther sat upon the bed. Esther finally stood up from the bed. She bent to the ground and she hugged Jude. He cried in her arms and she held him more tightly. Maybe, uh, it's not the time to say this, but, uh... Esther paused like she was searching for a script. Say whatever, Jude said. I'm sorry if I ever said anything fucked up about trans people. I, uh, I didn't know. It's okay, he laughed. Where did that come from? I don't know, she said. Just meeting you and hearing all that? I guess if you could be born and assigned, you know, femaleness and then, well, embrace being a huge dumbass and becoming a man, like, maybe, I don't know, it's not so innate. Maybe someone born a dude could be a cool girl. I I don't know. Is your friend okay? He's gone. I think he's still with me. A pause. And thanks. Esther stood back up. She'd noticed there was snot all over her shoulder, most likely his, unless she was doing weird stuff with her nose. He really liked you. 
Wait, is this her talking? Just her talking. Oh, he really liked you. I know. How do you think he's going to petition God for your entrance if his will is with you, though? Jude laughed, standing on shaky legs. He collapsed onto the bed. I wanted to ask, too, but I didn't want to ruin the moment. <laughs> That's good. That does kind of contradict in the speech. It was dark in the room. Lights off. The wine was on his bed, but June didn't care. Esther sat back on her bed, watching him for a moment. I'll tell JJ about this in the morning, if you don't think you can. But Jude heard nothing. Sleep came more quickly and more mercifully to him than it had in ages. That is uh, a vote for me, and I can already see the next one's called Keith Dust Crusaders. I love this! Oh, it's so good. Thank you for everyone who fucking recommended this. This is my fucking jam, and not just because it's JoJo. It's just so relatable and good and fun, and I love it. And I'm invested. Kinch, amazing shit. Uh, Tan, thoughts before we do comment reading? Um, I really liked it as well. <laughs> nice. You heard it here first, folks. All right, let me just get open our last podcast episode, which was a while ago. All right, let's see. Woo-wee! All right, 17 I mean, comments. We forgot to tell people there wasn't going to be one last week, so they were, they were, it was a day of mourning. I started them. mass upvoting comments and then realized I was still on your account, so I'm unliking them now, switching the mind and then re-liking them. Why are you unliking them? <laughs> well, no, no, only the ones I had newly liked did I unlike. I like them all anyway. You don't have to unlike them. Oh, uh, well, now you have to like them yourself. <laughs> uh, bah, 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 bah. There's so many comments. Oh, God. I'm going to need your help reading these, just so you know. Not that many. Uh, three yellow, or sorry, Crowcat says, two dune. So nipples, huh? From Crowcat. <laughs> <laughs> Harbringer the third says, I would like to formally apologize on the behalf of Mr. J. Dune. What occurred years ago was unintentional. Luigi. Regards. Hamilton oh, says, J. Dune. J. Dune. <laughs> Banker Paul says, I would never comment late. Smile. It would be impossible for you to comment late. You'd have to be really fucking late to comment late this week. <laughs> Shaitalia says, the description is linked to 173-J. Does it, the peen, coil? Does, what? The penis? Does the pink coil? I forgot we read one that was just like, does it coil over and over? And I was losing my mind. I forgot to get linked to that, unfortunately. So is it lost in the ether? Whatever. Uh, JTKC says, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. J. Dune. I didn't mean to put your house in a comically large ice cube. It was warm and I couldn't find the AC remote. I like the part of the episode where Darnell was like, stand back, Dan, I've got a coil. And then he coiled everywhere. Didn't expect the site to crash in the middle of the episode, but oh well, that's Wikidot for you. Laugh tracking credits. At least mail number 15 came in clutch, but unfortunately, as mail number one, I have to kill you guys for uncovering the truth of me putting my croissants in people's brains. So, um, awkward. Not very coil of you guys. Giving this episode up. What the fuck is that? Coils like a Beyblade? <laughs> Beyblade out of 10, for sure. Have a great, good week, guys. That circle. With coils and coils. Stop. I don't want to remember the coil. Uh, Nox Stella says, I have a question. Does it coil? Please don't throw me out the window. The sun's still up. I throw you Do out the flying. window. flying. <laughs> I plunge you out the window. <laughs> My mere words, it happens. <laughs> or however the fuck it went. Uh, Dino Tail says, password... I'm sorry, Dune, I say as I look over his unmoving body laying on my table. He'd been gone for a while now, no point in talking to him. But I thought I could have one conversation with my old friend, even if he couldn't respond back. I know you're probably looking down at me from heaven, or up from hell. 
You're probably angry with a desire for revenge, or sad that the friend you trusted everything with turned his back on you. I just want to let you know that your sacrifice will not be in vain. Me and my master will create a new perfection. I'm just sorry you couldn't be around to see it. I grab the machine and stick the rod piece through his heart. The machine displays an image of moving DNA. DNA just coiling and coiling. After that, I hear a ding and take the rod out, preparing to inject its contents into my master. I'm just glad Discovering SCP made an episode specifically for me. It will help me get through the actions I have committed. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucked up that our comment section is funnier than I am. (laughs) So good. Good Day says, Hey Dean, so sorry for implanting a tumor within your brain that makes you coil and coil. My bad, I really should have known better. Uh, Spit says, uh, Password, I apologize to Dean for planting watermelon seeds in your skull. 4650, to be fair, if you have a disease, a bad emotional state can accelerate physical decline and might even lead to death in terminal cases. Anyway, time for some recommendations. Uh, I'm not going to read them. <laughs> so Beck says, I will not apologize to Jay Dune. He knows what sins he's committed. Um... Next one is... Uh, do you want to read, actually, the last couple? Um, absolutely. <clears throat> so we're on... Um, Comedy Man um, Kelp, if you're sorting by new. But you're not here for what Dune watches on television. Uh, yes, I am. I need to know exactly what shows Dune is tapped into at all times. What would I be listening to this podcast for, if not that? <laughs> SCP Reactions? Please, that stuff is for nerds. Why can't I make a real manly podcast like discovering football or discovering bird wrestling instead? I would also like to inform you that I'm very sorry for my actions committed on the evening of September 2nd, 1989. I did not realize a school would react that way. That was on me. My bad. Oopsie daisies. If there's any con- I just saw the end of the calendar. <laughs> if there's any consolation, I'm sure all my chances are in a better place now. <laughs> I at some point the state of Wisconsin with your lifetime ban from It really wasn't your fault. It was all mine. The anticipation is funny. <laughs> anyway, I leave all you fine viewers with one final message. She coil on my coil till I yeah, bro. <laughs> she coil on my coil till I yeah, bro. Password of Morgan. Dude, I'm very sorry. You see, when I was in that desert, I was so thirsty, you know. I wasn't thinking straight, although I never do. I'm so sorry I stepped all over you. I thought you were just another pile of sand. I know, very rude of me. I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. They read Creepypasta? I've been wondering for a very long Creepypasta Iceberg video recently, so this is pretty fun. I wouldn't mind if you all finished this next episode. We didn't, sorry. But I'm the infamous SCP hater around these parts, so who cares what we thinks? <laughs> also, my click in the DSCP Discord will consist of me, Captain, and all the SCP recommendations telling you. Ex- oh my god, 10,000 articles. <laughs> Anonymous Writer writes, uh, New episode, wowza. Password, my apologies to Doom for that one thing, that one time in past. I am truly sorry about that one particular thing. Damn. Oh, my teeth feel funny. <sighs> oh. I just need to end the episode. Okay, well, let's sign off. And that concludes another episode of Discovering SCP. Thank you for joining us as we delved into the bizarre world of Jude's bizarre adventure. From the strange powers wielded by Jude and his allies to the ominous threats they face, this story series (laughs) certainly kept us on the edge of our seats. What are you reading right now? We hope you enjoyed our discussion and analysis of the SCP articles involved in this adventure, and we look forward to bringing you more thrilling content in the future. As always, if you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please let us know. Until next time, stay safe, stay curious, and stay tuned for more Discovering SCP.
Bye. Stay curious. Why did it say that? Uh, because we're discovering. Oh, right. Yeah. Like ChatGPT puts more thought into our podcast than we Wasn't do. Wasn't like when I put my Twitter? I was like, stay curious, stay elegant. Yeah, you were like, but most importantly, be respectful. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the nice speech at the end. I ruined it by keeping because I kept going. But... Bye. Bye.